0: Good morning, good to be back with you once again here from our sanctuary at the Gospel Center Tabernacle in West Madison. Uh, Thankful once again to have the privilege and opportunity to bring you the Word of God. Uh, Certainly not what uh, we probably ever envisioned doing, at least for as long as we have, but uh, that's the way it's turned out, and the Lord has blessed, as He always does. Uh, We will be looking at some, uh, maybe a plan to get back into, into the sanctuary for worship services As you start to see some of the the rules and guidelines are are being relaxed and put forward, what needs to be done. uh, We'll be going over those. And certainly when we do come back, we're going to make sure that uh, we are are following every safety precaution that we can uh, until we get through this this time. Uh, But we thank God for his blessing, for uh, always being with us. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And uh, if you've been a Christian, even for a short period of time, you have found that to be true, that He's always there with you. Uh, no matter where we go, no matter how low, how high, or how far we go, uh, God's presence is always there. We can't escape Him. Uh, I'm going to share some word uh, with you this morning. Uh, once again this week, as we did last week, I'm not going to give you a specific uh, passage of Scripture that we're going to preach from, because there's going to be several that we turn to today. Uh, but uh, I want to go back to the Old Testament for some of the wisdom that we, we glean from there. Now, uh, a lot of people have different thoughts and ideas about the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, if it's important, and I'll tell you right now, I believe with all my heart, yes, it's important. Uh, we need that Word of God. The Word of God is from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. Uh, the New Testament did not fulfill or do away with the Old Testament. Uh, but we see that Jesus, folks, fulfilled the law, is what he said. Uh, but we think about the, the things in the Old Testament, and yeah, I know there are some things there that uh, are specific to certain times and certain situations in God dealing with the children of Israel, uh, but yet we've got to remember what the Word of God says. Paul said in one place that, uh, that the, the things that were written aforetime uh, were written for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Uh, also, in another place, it talks about uh, the experiences that God's people had, and it said they're in samples or examples for you and I. So even though there's times we may go back to Scripture that uh, deals specifically between God and the children of Israel, yet we can see an example, we can see something there that will help us, will strengthen us and encourage us uh, in our walk with the Lord. Uh, but I want to preach to you a little bit this morning about vows. You know, we think about the valley, a lot of times that has a negative connotation. Uh, Valleys are times we consider when things are rough, maybe when the storms are coming, maybe when uh, we're just at a low point and we're down in the valley, but you know, valleys a lot of times can be positive experiences. Uh, It's in the valleys that we grow, it's in the valley sometimes that we pray a little harder, that we draw up a little closer to God, and and in the valley that uh, when we get to climbing that mountain again, we can look back Uh, And folks, we listen. When you there's a song out that talks about the shepherd's point of view, Uh, and if we could see the valley from the shepherd's point of view and not our point of view, listen, I believe that we would be rejoicing a little bit more. I believe that in those times of the valley, we'd have a little more hope because we know that the mountains coming. We know that the mountaintop one of these days we're going to be on, and we look back over that valley and we get to see the things that God brought us through and. That encourages our faith, and that strengthens our faith, and and sometimes, as we said, draws us a little closer to God. Uh, But simply preaching about valleys this morning, or talking to you about valleys, I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to go through some different valleys in the scripture today, and I know in the scripture it speaks of specific valleys in certain locations or certain areas, Uh, But we're gonna look at valleys where different things were experienced. So uh, looking at these valleys today, I'm gonna ask you a question before we get started. And I'm gonna ask you, which valley is yours? Uh, Maybe several people today going through a valley. It could be a different valley, a different type, a different experience. Uh, But yet when you look and listen to what the word of God has to say, very simply, once again, which valley is yours? Uh, Today you may be going through what's known as the valley of no water. Now, if you go over to the book of 2 Kings chapter 3, you're going to read about uh, a time that uh, one of the enemies of God's people came up against them. And we see there in 2 Kings chapter 3 that it talks about Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel. He was now the king over Israel. And during this time, we see that Jehoshaphat was the king over Judah. And folks, this is a time, and if you think about kings and, and the different things that are going on, you think about uh, the word of God, you think about the Israelites, we know that they were one nation, but yet uh, there was a time that there came a division. And there was Judah and there was Israel. You had Judah that uh, folks consisted of two nations there. Uh, you are two tribes and you had Israel that consisted of the other 10. And, and we see here as they are, and during this time of separation, uh, that there was Misha, the king of Moab. He decided that he was gonna come to battle or come to war against Israel. Now you think about it for just a little bit and uh, before Jehoram was king here, you had Ahab was the king. Now, Ahab was one that wielded a lot of power. Ahab was one that that wielded a great army and had a lot of force, had a lot of influence, struck a lot of fear in people. We also know that that Ahab was one that was often driven uh, by his wife and, and led by his wife Jezebel. But this isn't the case, what we're speaking about this morning. But nevertheless, we see there was a time that Ahab died and when Ahab was living, the scripture tells us that the king of Moab, that he would send thousands of, of sheep and he would send thousands of lambs over to the king of, of Israel there. But after Ahab died and Jehoram came into to, to power, we see that the king of, of Moab, he decided there that, hey, you know what, I'm going to rebel against Israel, I'm going to come against Israel, Ahab's gone, the, the, the force that they had, the military that they had is, is no longer there, they're weaker now, and now is the time for me to come against them. And we see that the word had came unto uh, Jehor, Jehoram there that uh, Misha, the king of Moab, was going to come to battle against him. And the Bible said that he went out and he numbered the people that he had, certainly maybe getting prepared for battle, getting prepared to go up against uh, Mesha, the king of Moab. And it also tells us that he reached out to Jehoshaphat. And as he reached out to Jehoshaphat, he began to explain to him and began to tell him that uh, Moab was coming against him. They stirred up a pretty big army and they want to come after him and he wanted Jehoshaphat to go with him. And the Bible says there that Jehoshaphat, he agreed to do so. As a matter of fact, he even told him. he said, listen, I'll go with you. And he said, my people will be as your people and my horses as your horses. And then the question came up and said, well, which way should we go? And they said, well, we're going to go down through the wilderness of Edom. And the Bible says there that Jehoram, the king of Israel, that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and it goes on to mention there the king of Edom. Now apparently, we not read this in the scripture, we're not told it specifically, but as they come through the wilderness of Edom there, the king of Edom had joined in to take a stance against the Moabites. Now, maybe the Edomites had been struggled before, been attacked before. Maybe they'd been oppressed by the Moabites. We don't know. Uh, Maybe we can get into another part of the scripture and and dig a little deeper and find that out. But nevertheless, we see that you have Israel, Judah, and Edom, that they're all traveling down together through the wilderness of Edom, and the purpose of this is, is to bring battle to the Moabites. Now, the Bible said that they'd went so far and they'd traveled and they didn't have any water. The Bible said there was no water for the men, there was no water for the horses, and they didn't know what in the world they were going to do. They were trying to figure it out, and folks, sometimes we get in places that, that we are not sure what to do. We've got to try to figure it out, try to think about it, but somebody come up with a bright idea. One of those that was from the, the kingdom of Israel, the land of Israel, they said, isn't there a man of God here that we can inquire of, a man of God that we can maybe find an answer and see what he has to say? And somebody said, and, and hey, listen, I believe Elisha's down here. Now we know Elisha, listen, and, and I am going to go a little uh, into uh, to, to my self-description here, or my description. You know, Elisha, we know, was one that followed Elijah. And, and Elijah told him one time, he he asked him, he, or Elisha asked Elijah, he said, I want a double portion of your spirit. He said, if you see me when I'm taken away, you'll get a double portion of my spirit. And we know that's what happened. But nevertheless, as they're talking about Elisha here, it says he was the one that poured water on the hands of Elijah. Now the Bible said that they went to Elisha and they, they inquired of him and he came to, to uh, Jehoram there and he said, you know what, and I'm going to put this in my words, I'm going to paraphrase here. Uh, Jehoram, I don't have any respect for you. I don't have any any uh, allegiance to you or any loyalty to you. And if it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even give you an answer. If it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't agree to seek God's will. But because of him, I'm going to find out what God has to say. Now the Bible tells us there that Elisha asked for them to bring somebody to, to play a little music, or a little flute or whatever you want to call it. And, and as they played the music, listen, a, a revelation or God revealed unto Elisha what was going to take place. And he told them there, Elisha looked to him. he said, what you need to do is dig this valley full of ditches. He said, you're not going to see wind, you're not going to see rain, but listen, water is going to come. Now you think about that for just a minute, folks, and remember, this is the valley of no water. They've traveled, they're thirsty, their animals are thirsty, they don't know what to do, and all of a sudden, here's somebody that says, God says to dig this valley full of ditches, and that's all you need to do. Now, how many of us would begin to question that or how many of us would begin to, to think, well, that makes no sense to me. If I just dig this valley full of ditches and I'm not tapping some water source, how in the world are we gonna get water? Well, let me tell you something. You do what God says. He'll give you the water you need when you're in that valley with no water. Now, as they were there, the Bible said that they, they dug the ditches just as God's man told them to do. And guess what happened? The ditches, the Bible said that water came by the way of Eden. And it filled those ditches up. They had water for the men. They had water for their animals. And and they had what they needed to continue on. Now, as they camped there, the Bible tells us that the Moabites heard where they were. They come down. They were going to overtake them where they were. and, And as they looked upon these ditches, something had happened there. The Bible said to the Moabites that the water in the ditches appeared to be nothing but blood. And as they looked upon this water, as they looked upon what they thought was blood, they thought, well, you know what? Man, Israel and Judah and and, and Edom, they've all come down here together. They've turned on each other. They've done killed each other. We're going to go down and spoil the camp. And as they started down, we see that the Bible said the armies of God's people, the armies of Israel uh, of Judah and, and of Edom, they rose up and guess what happened to the Moabites? They turned and began to run away. And the Bible said that they, they followed them all the way into their city and they defeated them there. And let me tell you something. When they got down to where there was no water, listen, they just listened to the word of God. Not only did God give them water that they need for sustenance, but God also made a way to use that water as a tool against the enemy. Listen, sometimes we go through that valley of no water. Sometimes we get to that point, and listen, I'm not talking about a physical thirst. I'm not talking about that, that cool, refreshing water that, that cools the tongue, but I'm talking about a spiritual thirst, folks, and we'll get in that valley of no water in our walk with God. We'll get in that valley of no water, and sometimes in our journey along with the Lord, and what we need to do is seek the face of the Lord, do what God says as as, as crazy as it may seem, as, as as it may not make any sense to you and I but if God says to do it we need to do it and maybe you're in that valley of no water today it just seems like in your walk with God you're just walking in dry places you're just walking in place your soul is parched. you need a refreshing let me tell you something there's nothing like that water of life in Jesus Christ he told us to come unto him and we could take the water of life freely he told us that salvation would be as a well of living water springing up within our soul if you're in that valley of dry water today and you're unsaved let me tell you something the greatest refreshment that you can get is that living water Jesus Christ and if you're in that valley of no water today and you're a child of God listen seek God's face obey God do what God says and let me tell you something he'll give you ditches full of water dig those ditches it might be by digging in and praying a little longer it might be by getting into the word of God and studying a little bit more it may be just getting off to yourself with God dig those ditches so that God may fill them with water. The man of God said, dig this valley full of ditches and you'll see water. If they hadn't dug the ditches, folks, they'd have never got the water. They'd have never been refreshed and they'd never had the victory over the enemy had they not been obedient to what God said to do. Are you in that valley of no water today? Maybe you're in that valley of the shadow of death. We know what David said in the 23rd Psalm. He said, Lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now think about that for just a minute. And we talk about the valley of the shadow of death. David didn't say I'm walking through the valley of death. He said I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But he said I'll fear no evil. Why, for thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, I want to look at this from a couple of different perspectives this morning. Now, we can call the valley of the shadow of death life itself. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? How do you say that life is the valley of the shadow of death? Because every day that we live, we're a day closer to death. Every breath that we draw, we're another breath closer to the last one that we're going to draw. We're living and existing through the valley of the shadow of death. Folks, as as wonderful as life can be sometimes, as as much as we like living life as as often as we do, the sad truth is that one of these days, death is gonna come. If we don't go by the way of the rapture, we're gonna go by the way of the grave. We know that nobody knows what tomorrow holds. We know, as James said, our life is just a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. So in a sense, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But you know the scripture tells us we don't need to fear death. We don't need to fear the grave. If we're a child of God, we need to have no fear of death. But let me tell you something. If you're listening this morning and you're unsafe, you better have a fear of death. You better have a fear of drawing that last breath. You better have a fear, folks, because the scripture says that it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, what? The judgment. The judgment. The judgment. And you don't want to go through judgment without Jesus Christ. You don't want to stand before God Almighty, open with your sins, your name not written in the Lamb's book of life. Listen, you think you're walking through that valley of the shadow of death in this life. Listen, you draw that last breath and you stand in judgment. You're going to find out what death is all about. It's an eternal separation from God as given to us in the book of Revelation. But let me tell you something, we can also look at, at the valley of the shadow of death that sometimes we grieve and mourn when we, we lose loved ones. And I know the, the people say, or there's an old saying, you know, time heals all wounds. Let me tell you something, there's some wounds that time may, may ease, there's some wounds that time may gloss over a little bit, but, but then there's times that that wound is opened back up and that wound is, is refreshed. Yesterday, we were working out on the deck behind the house there. Beautiful day that God gave us. Wonderful day. Sunny day that God had given us. And I mean, just out of the midst of nowhere, my mind went back to my mother and father. Let me tell you something. My mother left this world to be with the Lord almost 29 years ago. My dad left this world, folks, 25 years ago. 29 and 25 years is a long time, but let me tell you something. It was just as fresh yesterday when I was out there as it was the day that they left. It was just as fresh as the day they departed to be with the Lord. And folks, sometimes you see that, that valley of the shadow of death is walking through through that that death of the ones that are around us and our loved ones. But we gotta remember what Paul said in things. He said, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. You know, when we lose someone that knows the Lord, when we lose someone that's been born again, we know the scripture talks about, and Paul said he would rather be absent from the body and present with the Lord. And we know that when they draw that last breath, there's a a, a transport that takes place. There's a journey that takes place, folks. And and it's immediate and it's instant. They're, They're absent from the body and present with the Lord. And even though in the flesh, listen, in the flesh we mourn, in the flesh we cry, because why? Our flesh is selfish. We don't want to let people go. We don't want to see them leave. We don't want them to die. We, you know, if it was up to us, we would hold on to everybody forever. But yet, because of, of this old sinful life and this old sinful world, death comes and we got to deal with it. But then when we're walking through that valley of the shadow of death, for those that have gone to be with the Lord, we don't have to sorrow as those that have no hope. You see, even though yesterday that, there was a sting that, that, that hit my heart, Yesterday, there was a, 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 something that, that just hit my mind that just transported me right to where with my mother and father. But yet I've got hope that I'm gonna see them again. I know that one of these days that should I go by the way of the grave, I'm going to where they already are. I'm going to that place that, that's been prepared that Jesus spoke about. And folks, to know today that even though we might be going through that valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to grieve. We don't have to be afraid of our own mortality. We don't have to be afraid that one of these days death is going to come to us. But also when we're walking through that valley of the shadow of death and mourning and grieving the lost loved ones, just to know that we're not to grieve as those that don't have hope. But we've got hope today in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, let me tell you something, you're walking Way through that valley of the shadow of death. And there's no life at the other end. Which valley is yours today? The valley of no water. The valley of death. How about this one? The valley of dry bones. Very familiar passage of scripture from the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. We know Ezekiel speaking there and he said the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he carried me out by the spirit of the Lord to a valley. And when he got to that valley, you know what he saw there? The Bible said Draw, uh, dry bones. The, the Spirit took him out, set him down right in the midst of this valley. And all he could see was dry bones. Everywhere, skeletons laying everywhere. Nothing but death. And then a voice came to him. And it said that the, the Lord asked him, said, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Any of us looking at that situation say, man, their time is over. It's past. There's no life It's going to be about. And the Bible said there that Ezekiel said, Lord, thou knowest. And he gave Ezekiel some instruction there. He said, What you need to do is prophesy under these bones. And he said, if you prophesy unto these bones, I'll cause breath to enter them. I'll bring sinews upon them. I'll bring flesh upon them. And the Bible says there that Ezekiel began to do that. He began to prophesy to these bones. And you know what happened? Man, they began to rattle and they began to shake. And they began to come together bone to bone. And then after that, sinews came upon them. And then flesh came upon them. But the Bible tells us there that what? They had no breath. There was no life in them. Even though they appeared to be alive, there was no life in them. And he told Ezekiel there, he said, prophesy unto the wind to breathe unto these bones, breathe unto these, that they may live. And the Bible said the wind came. Matter of fact, breath came. They lived and they became what? An exceeding, an exceeding great army. And we see here, folks, there's nothing that's too hard for God. There's nothing that's impossible for God. Matter of fact, the word of God says all things are possible with him. But we see here, folks, maybe you might be one of those that's in that valley of dry bones. Uh, maybe you had a walk with God at one time. May have been a close walk with God. Maybe even one that sang the songs of Zion. One that taught the word of God. Maybe even, folks, let me tell you something. Believe it or not, they're out there. There's people that used to preach. There's people that used to pastor. And hey, let me tell you something. God hasn't changed, so you tell me why it's not going on anymore. I'll tell you, there's a difference in the person. And we think about it today, maybe you're in that point, you're in, in that valley of dry bones and, and they're just feeling no presence of God, you're not feeling any any movement of God in your life. But well, let me tell you something, you know what you need to do, seek God's face, do what God says and he'll stir you up. I believe that with all my heart. Listen, he'll, he'll put the excitement back in you, he'll put the the, the the desire back in you, he'll put the life back in you that's needed and you won't be just a rack of dry bones out here but you'll be a living, breathing Child of God. Folks, let me tell you something. So many times we look around and we say, well, you know, God's through with that one, God's through with this one, and God's done with that one. It ain't that God's through with them. We get through with them. That's right. We get tired of them. And folks, let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart, God is the one that called them of his marvelous life. God is the one that convicted them and drew them to himself. You think God didn't know what lay ahead in their life? You think God didn't know where they would be today instead of where they were used to be? Well, let me tell you something. God knows where you are. God knows where you're going. God knows what you need. And maybe you're in that valley of dry bones today. You need to be shook up. You need to have that flesh stirred up again. Have that breath of life. Have that Holy Spirit breathe on you once again And, well, you can be a part of that great exceeding army of God. Which valley is yours? Valley of no water. Valley of the shadow of death. The valley of dry bone. Maybe it's the valley of praise. I told you, not all valleys are negative. Not all valleys are bad. Sometimes these valleys result in in a positive outcome. Most of the time they do. And sometimes even in the midst of the valley. Listen, we get blessed from God and we get touched from God. We see another point. Let's go back as we were preaching to you about there in the first one, Valley of No Water, about a man by the name of Jehoshaphat. We see that Jehoshaphat, word came to him that here's those Moabites again. Here's the Ammonites. They've all joined together, and they're going to come down against Jehoshaphat. And the word comes to Jehoshaphat. A messenger comes and says, "Hey, Jehoshaphat. Now, I'm using my words here, paraphrasing Hey, Jehoshaphat, listen, the Moabites and the Ammonites, they have joined themselves together. They're a great multitude. They're a great army, and they're coming down to destroy you. Now think about this for a minute. And and you see Jehoshaphat say, well, what have I done? You know, a lot of times the enemy will come after you and I, and we don't have to do anything. All we have to do is be doing what God would have us to do. All we have to do is be doing, be faithful to God. We don't have to be uh, provoking the enemy. He's going to come, folks. The devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Listen, he's our enemy. That's what the scripture says. And he's going to do everything that he can at any opportunity that he can to come against you. But oh, aren't you glad today that the word says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But nevertheless, the word came to Jehoshaphat there. And you can imagine sometimes God's people getting stirred up and getting a little angry. Well, you know, God, these Moabites, these ones that you wouldn't let us to destroy way back when they were journeying to the promised land, these ones that you turned us in a different direction, they've been nothing but a thorn in our flesh, nothing but troubles and trials. But yet, even we see in the midst of that, that Jehoshaphat does what? The Bible said that he sought himself or set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast. Set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed the fast. And folks, while all of God's people were seeking the Lord, while all of God's people were participating in this fast, the Bible says a spirit came upon a man by the name of Jehaziel. And when the spirit came upon Jehaziel, he had the word of, of God. You know, a lot of times we read through the scripture that when the word of God was given, man didn't like it. When the word of God was given, man would go against it. Matter of fact, we think about dear old brother Jeremiah, as faithful as faithful could be. But many times, his own people, his own countrymen, his own family would turn against him simply because he gave them the truth. But yet we see here that the word of the Lord comes to Jehaziel and he has a message for God's people. And he, he tells them there, be not afraid. Listen, be not afraid or dismayed by reason of the multitude. Now you think about this for a minute. Here we have Jehoshaphat and, and, and his people and you've got these two nations that have joined together that are coming against them a great multitude of people but yet God says be not afraid or dismayed over that multitude. You know the scripture tells us that there's to be a time that one will put a thousand to flight. Ten will put ten thousand to flight. Listen, we, with you, you plus God, or let me rephrase that, God plus one is a majority. When we've got God on our side, it doesn't matter how big the multitude is. It doesn't matter how great the obstacle is. If we will seek God's face, set our face and seek God's face, listen, he has the word that we need to hear. And we don't have to be afraid or dismayed or discouraged or depressed and all huffed up in a corner somewhere in the fetal position, not knowing what to do because God is gonna take care of us. And he said there very simply, be not afraid or dismayed By reason of the multitude, get a hold of this. I I can't read these words without thinking about Brother Milton Campbell. They said the battle's not yours. It's God's. See, that's where we mess up a lot of times. We think it's our battle. Listen, he said, come unto me that all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden's light. And folks, he asks us to rest in him. He asks us to depend upon him. He asks us to trust in him. But yet sometimes when the enemy comes, the multitude may come, whatever the case may be, we feel like it's our battle and not God's battle. But it's just as the the man of God said and, and gave the prophecy, the battle's not yours, but God's. And get a hold of this. He said, you won't even need to fight. Now that's something hard to understand, isn't it? Battle's not yours, it's God. Matter of fact, you won't even need to fight. Then you think about this. He told them very simply there. He said, What? Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. The three S's, folks sit, stand, and see. If we'd follow that, that prescription sometimes, if we'd follow that way sometimes, we'd see God move in our life. And as Jehoshaphat began crying out to God once again, talking about the Moabites, he said, but, but nevertheless, Lord, we're going to trust in you, paraphrasing once again. And the Bible said that, that, that Jehoshaphat there asked him, said, let's, let's appoint some singers. <laughs> Man, what kind of army is that? What kind of army is that? You're going to appoint some singers to come forth? Let me tell you something. Sometimes, listen, I have felt the presence and the power of God so great through singing because people that know what they're singing about, people whose hearts are in tune with God, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit will bear witness with that and he'll bless it and he'll bless you. But nevertheless, as it says there, it said that they appointed some singers and they began to what? Began to sing and to praise the Lord. Now, what were they doing, preacher? They were being obedient to what God said to do. And the Bible said that God set an ambushment against the enemy and they were smitten. Listen, what was the word? Hey, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed over the multitude. Matter of fact, you won't even have to fight. The battle's not yours. It's God's. And just as it was said, it came exactly to that. All they did was sing. They didn't have to fight. They didn't have to go to battle. God took care of the enemy, put an ambushment upon them, smote the enemy, destroyed the enemy. And you know what God's people were able to do? It said they went down, and for three days, three days, they took of the spoil. They took of the things that were left. They took of the riches there of those that were were uh, were destroyed, that were smitten. And the Bible said on that fourth day, think about this for a minute, and they called it the Valley of Barakah. And it says, There they blessed the Lord. The Valley of Praise. How many times? Listen, we don't have a problem asking for prayer, we don't have a problem. Uh, calling up our friends, calling the prayer line and, and, and asking for prayer. We don't have a problem standing up in the house of God and we shouldn't have a problem. And asking people to pray, let me tell you something, one of the greatest things that we could ever do for one another is pray. But yet when God answers those prayers and God brings relief and God brings strength and, and God brings guidance and direction, God brings salvation to that lost one that you've been praying for, you know what? You need to praise Him. You need to give Him glory and you need to give Him thanks. And when God comes to our rescue, remember the battle's not ours. It's His. And when we're able to enjoy that victory, listen, we might have some spoils that we we enjoy for, for a little while, but we also need to give Him glory and give him praise. Are you in that valley of praise today? Maybe you should be. Last thing I want to look at, and we'll close with this one. This is out of the Book of Joel, Old Testament wisdom, folks. Every one of these, the Valley of Decision. You go to the Book of Joel, and you'll read there in the third chapter. And if your Bible's like mine, it says there before the very first verse of the third chapter, Joel speaks about the day of the Lord. If you go down to verse 14, I want you to listen to what it says here. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Maybe you're in the valley of decision today. Maybe you're at that crossroads, that point in your life that you've tried everything else and has never been satisfied. you've tried everything that the world has to offer, you've dabbled in this and you've dabbled in that and tried a little bit of this, tried a little bit of that, but there's never any lasting satisfaction. You know, there's things that'll bring us a, a little bit of joy for a short time in this world, but that, that earthly joy, that 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 fleshly joy, it always fades away. It doesn't last forever. There's only one way to get that eternal joy, and that's by making that decision for Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here listening today, hey, and you, you've got to that point, and you think, you know what? Uh, there's probably not even any sense in going on anymore. There's nothing worth living for. Well, let me tell you something. There's one worth living for because he died for you. He shed his blood on Calvary's mountain hung between the heavens and the earth because of his love for you that you might be redeemed that you might be delivered that you might be given eternal life and listen everybody else may have turned their backs on you everybody else may put you down they may tell you you're worthless but let me tell you something you are worth today the price of God's only son and folks there's nothing more valuable that's been given than the blood of Jesus Christ Maybe you're in that valley of decision today and you need to make that choice for Jesus. Hey, maybe maybe you're a Christian. You're in that valley of decision. You're at a point in your walk with God and and, and you're ready to to, to just step out. Well, let me tell you something. Don't step out. Hang on. Make a decision to pull in a little closer, to hold on a little tighter and, and, and draw up nearer to God. You're not going to feel like it in the flesh. You're not going to feel feel like it physically. Your mind is going to tell you to do different things. But think about the Word of God. You think about what God has been for you and God has done for you all down through the time that you've served It's no time to step out. It's time to hang on. And maybe you're here and there's a valley of decision for you about stepping up and doing a work for God, stepping up and, and answering a call that He's put on your life. And let me tell you something, personally speaking, there's, there's times when a call comes on your life and, and God has a job for you to do. And believe me, folks, He has something for all of us to do. But God has a call on your life and, and you got to step up or you got to keep on the path you're going. Well, let me tell you something. You can keep on the path you're going. You can keep walking with God in that, that relationship. You'll see heaven one of these days, but let me tell you something. You'll never get the blessings and the closer walk with God unless you make that decision to step up and do what He wants you to do. The valley of decision. How many decisions need to be made out there today? Which valley is yours? Valley of no water. You're parched. You're thirsty. Nothing satisfies like Jesus Christ, folks. The living water that he gives us. The valley of the shadow of death. Maybe you're mourning the loss of a loved one. may have been recent. may have been years. Folks, I told you, sometimes those, those feelings flood back on us. But yet David said, I'll fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We don't have to be afraid of death, folks. We're walking that path. We're headed that direction. But we don't have to fear if we have Jesus. Valley of dry bones. Maybe you just dried up. Don't even feel the presence of God. Don't even have a desire anymore. Let me tell you something. He can breathe breath of life back into you. He can stir you, you, you up once again in walking for Him. That valley of praise. Maybe you got something you need to praise Him for, folks. Now I'll tell you right now, we all got stuff we need to praise Him for. And we don't have to go back to yesterday. We don't have to go back to last week, last month, last year. We can look back and we can see a blessing from God, blessings from God every single day. And folks, He's worthy to be praised. Valley of decision. Maybe you're in that valley of decision this morning. If you're lost, make the right choice, make the right decision. come to Jesus Christ if you're saved ready to check out don't do that don't do that that's that enemy again coming against you listen just buckle down hold on to God and get that strength to push through maybe it's that decision about stepping up and stepping out a a little farther a little closer make the right decision God will bless you as we pray Almighty God, we come to you today, Heavenly Father, once again, in the beautiful, blessed name of Jesus, our Savior. Lord, I thank you and praise you and once again, Father, for this privilege, this opportunity we've been given to share your precious word. We pray, Lord, that your word has touched hearts today, has maybe caused some people to start thanking Heavenly Father, as we've said many times before, maybe planted a seed or watered a seed, that you may give increase. And we know that you say in Isaiah, your word doesn't return void unto you, but it accomplishes that. That you send it forth to do, and Father, we put our trust in you today, not in ourselves. And Father, as we look at these valleys, which valley is ours? Probably the one that we we need to look at the closest is that valley of decision. And God, I pray today that there's decisions made for Jesus Christ. Once again, we thank you. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. i get home do it. Okay. How so a little bit different the yeah. feel- It says say.